Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome into the Thursday, August the 23rd edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we go over the roster and discuss upgrades and downgrades, taking an inventory of the roster. We jump in the time machine to this date back in 2017 and break down potential offensive packages and how the versatility of Kenyon Drake could make this offense supremely explosive but first before any of that i kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts. leave us a rating leave us a review once you are there give me a follow on twitter at wingful nfl follow the show at locked on fins and check out the number one blog in the locked on network LockedOnDolphins.com. and of course last but not least the other locked on sports family of podcasts like the locked on heat and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. No updates from the Mad Dog today, so let's get right into the podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And for the second consecutive day, Mike Martz was back at Dolphins camp in Davie, Southeastern Nova University, joining the Adam Gaze and the Miami Dolphins for practice, and he brought along Isaac Bruce with him to... I guess, put some input, do some consulting for Adam Gaze and his offense. As you guys recall, Adam Gaze's offense is a derivative of Mike Martz's program back in Detroit after he left the greatest show on turf and was the head coach out in Detroit. And I didn't realize this, but Adam Gaze actually flew Mike Martz out to Miami to ask for his input and to consult with him. And that's good to hear because we always hear the stuff about how he's an egomaniac, how it's his way or the highway. Well, obviously he has some respect from highly leveled coaches that have been past or present that can give him some solid input into his offense, into his scheme and what they see and what could work. And it's cool to see that he has guys coming in to help him in that regard and just a fresh set of eyeballs to see from an outsider's perspective. And it'll just be interesting to see the input that he offers Gaze. And one of the ideas that it really permeates around is these certain packages and different groups of players the Dolphins can trot out to exploit mismatches. And one of the groups or packages that Mike Martz ran a lot back in his St. Louis Rams days was the two running back formation with Marshall Falk and Robert Holcomb. And I think the Dolphins could borrow some of that, not necessarily in the essence of Kenya Drake and Frank Gore or Kalen Balaj, like two actual running backs, but going in 12 personnel or even 10 personnel or one personnel. And of course, 10 personnel would be one back, zero tight ends. Oh, one personnel would be zero backs, one tight end. And the reason I think that all works together so well is Kenyon Drake's versatility. And you can put Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson back flanking either side of Ryan Tannehill in a shotgun set with Kenny Stills, Kenyon Drake, and Mike Kosicki on the field. So you've got, that's 11 personnel right there. And all of a sudden you've got a running back and a tight end flexed out wide two receivers in the backfield, that's just going to cause chaos for the defense in terms of finding out where the matchup is, how to deal with that speed. And we've talked about the use of 12 personnel 
and getting those two guys in the field, being Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson, and the ability to kind of confuse the defense with the versatility of this group. And if you go out there with that group, you can give the illusion of 10 personnel, but you've got those two wideouts back there, and you got Kenyon Drake out wide, capable of doing all the things he needs to do out there because he can run the vertical routes. He can run slants. He can run arrows, flats, whatever it is you want him to do, he can do it, and he has shown it on the big stage in the regular season. And I just believe after... Everything we've seen this offseason and trying to put together the pieces for what the Miami Dolphins' vision and plan this offseason is, I begin to wonder if Kenyon Drake isn't the entire focal point of that offense and how everything can click and work together. Because ideally, you want to get players in position to attack where the defenses might be weak, a la getting someone like Christian McCaffrey in a one-on-one spot with Kiko Alonso, which is never going to be favorable to the defense. Well, the Dolphins have options to employ that same tactic against the defenses they face on Sundays. So I believe that there is so much versatility and ability to do different things on this offense. The defenses are going to have a hard time game planning, and that's a big reason why Adam Gaze does not want to go out there and show his hand early because there is so much they have that every time they show you something on a Sunday, by the time next week rolls around, it's going to be something completely different, a new star in the offense, a new way to attack the defense and who the weak player is on the field for that particular weakness or for that for particular defense, I should say. And there's just so many guys that offer you that ability. And one of those things we saw today in practice was Ryan Tannehill doing an entire portion of practice working on red zone throws and to one guy and one guy only. That, of course, is Mike Gesicki, the Penn State product, the rookie tight end who we expect to have big touchdown numbers from week one and into his rookie year. We expect big things out of him. And I think that that marriage and that duo has been put on the shelf throughout the course of August. And I believe we're going to see that thing blossom, whether it's September, October, I'm not quite sure yet, but I'm pretty certain that Mike Kosicki's impact will be felt come opening day. All right, guys, we're talking about the Baltimore Ravens this week. The Dolphins play them on Saturday night at 4.30 Eastern, excuse me, 7.30 Eastern time for you guys, 4.30 for me out here on the West Coast. And one of the things I'm really looking forward to seeing in this game is I do believe the Dolphins will actually have a prep in place, a plan for this game but they might not actually institute it because teams tend to practice their game planning like an actual dress rehearsal for the season in that week three game, but then they put the special stuff on the shelf. So I assume that will happen, but we'll talk more about that on tomorrow's preview episode pod. But as for now, it's time for me to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, and that is, of course, the Athletic.com. Now in the Miami market, and for a special limited time only, you guys can get 40% off your first year subscription, paying just $2.99 a month for the Athletic's pristine coverage by using promo code theathletic.com slash locked on dolphins. That gets you the Dolphins website and the entire Athletic website for just $2.99 a month. The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans, and their model is simple. The Athletic has no ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos. Instead, readers subscribe for authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their teams inside and out. Coverage will go beyond game recaps or trade speculation and provide smarter analysis and a deeper perspective about teams and the league. Subscribers have access to every single website The Athletic offers, local and national content, with more than 650 to 700 new stories published every week across all sports. Subscribe and be a part of the future of sports journalism. Again, for 40% off, $2.99 a month, your subscription to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash locked on dolphins.
One of the topics I wanted to bring up on the podcast today as we are into segment two on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your host Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL is getting into the time machine and just trying to develop some perspective here amongst the fan base in regards to where this team was last year. And we all know about Ryan Tannehill being out, Jay Cutler being in, Raekwon McMillan being out for his rookie season, Ted Larson with the torn triceps, and just that state of the interior offensive line where we didn't know if Mike Pouncey was going to be healthy. We had no idea who the left guard was going to be. Anthony Steen and Jesse Davis were battling out for that spot. Jermon Bushrod was the right guard, and you guys recall how awful that was for one and a half years. And hindsight also tells us that losing Tony Lippett, probably not that big of a deal. But you'll recall that Byron Maxwell was one of the starting perimeter corners last year. Andre Branch was a starter last year. We were discussing the possibility of Chase Allen starting in for Lawrence Timmons when Lawrence Timmons went AWOL in Los Angeles. So you think about all the issues this team had a year ago, and yet there was still this positive vibe around the team. You'll recall... The guy on Good Morning Football, Peter Schrager, talking about how the Dolphins are poised for an AFC championship game run behind Jay Cutler and Devontae Parker and all these awesome weapons they have. Jay Ajayi, well, how did that work out? Because that offense was brutal, that team was brutal, that defense was awful, and it got me thinking about where this roster is right now and how much better it is on the whole that people aren't realizing just because of a couple of big-name players that are no longer here. But you go across the entire roster position by position, and there's maybe only one or two spots that downgraded, and the rest are all upgrades. So I wanted to take a quick inventory of the roster and just go down it and talk about whether it's better or whether it's worse. And we start with quarterback, and that's an obvious given. The quarterback is much better. Ryan Tannehill was the 12th rated passer in the NFL back in 2016. Jay Cutler last year was the 30th rated passer in the NFL. A huge difference at the most important position in all of football. The running back's I don't know. That's pretty tough because going into last season, Jay Ajayi was so damn good. The way he broke tackles and created yards after contact, we can never take that away from him. But also, you remember what it looked like leading into the season when the Dolphins could get nothing established on the ground in the first two months. And then Kenya Drake comes aboard and starts just blowing people away. You add Kalen Balaj, you add Frank Gore. I think the depth is better. I think Kenyon Drake ultimately is a better player than Jay Ajayi. So the running backs are an upgrade also. Wide receivers, you lose Jarvis Landry. We know what he was. He was a high volume player, low average, not very big in terms of having a high efficiency number on the offense. So you elevate someone like Kenny Stills to his spot. You bring in Danny Amendola for what he is mentally and how he prepares for the game and gets him and the rest of the receivers ready for game day. Jakeem Grant should have a bigger role. Albert Wilson, for my money, is a very good football player. We'll call this one a wash across the board. And that, to me, is being a little bit reserved in terms of how I actually feel about it. Because I do think the receiver core will be better, but we'll call that a wash just to be safe. The tight ends, Julius Thomas from Mike Gesicki. I mean, do I got to explain that one to you guys? It's really not that much different besides that top switch there. You have AJ Derby and Durham Smythe. Marquise Gray hopefully gets more reps, but Mike Gesicki, it's not going to be hard to be better than Julius Thomas. So tight end, upgrade. Offensive line, 100% upgrade across this group. We just talked about Jermon Bushrod, the oft-injured Mike Pouncey, Anthony Steen. That's not here anymore. The Dolphins have the exact same offensive line as they had back in the spring program, the summer program, heading into the fall. The offensive line's good to go. The depth is better. Sam Young and Ted Larson are now backups, opposed to being starters at the end of the year. That group's an upgrade. So you have four out of five position groups on the offense, all upgraded. And if you really ask me genuinely my truthful feelings, I would say all five have been upgraded. You go over to defense, and here's our first definitive downgrade position, the defensive tackles. 
Losing a Dominican Sue is not a good thing. Obviously, the run defense wasn't good last year. Obviously, the pass rush wasn't good last year. And Dominican Sue was good at both of those things, or supposed to be good at both those things, but it did not have an overall impact on the football team. Nonetheless, there's no way that group is any better without Dominican Sue. So, big downgrade defensive tackles. Defensive ends, we said at the beginning of the show. Andre Branch was a starter this time last year. Robert Quinn comes in his second preseason game and picks up two sacks. We all know what Cam Wake does. Charles Harris offers versatility inside and outside. Should be better in year two. William Hayes is back healthy. And you look at the idea of possibly Kendall Langford or Cameron Malveaux, whoever it is that seizes that last defensive end job, depth is there as well. So defensive ends, upgrade. Go to the linebackers. Raquan McMillan in for Lawrence Timmons. That remains to be seen at this point. Kiko Alonso is still here. Jerome Baker's there. I don't know if he's going to get elevated enough to where we believe he's a full-time replacement level player. I feel good about him right now, but we'll see about that in a few months. I'm going to say linebackers are a wash. I mean, it's not going to be any worse. It was pretty dreadful last year. Can't be worse. So linebackers are a wash. Cornerbacks, Xavier Howard, Bobby McCain, Cordray Tankersley, Torrey McTire, Tony Lippett. Remember again, like I said, Byron Maxwell was a starting cornerback on this group last year. McCain was only a slot guy, didn't have the new contract. We didn't know about Xavier Howard. He missed a lot of his rookie season in 2016. So that group is an upgrade over what it was last year. You go to the safeties. Rashad Jones and, Minka, er, and TJ McDonald both here for the start for the whole start of the season, the first eight games together, and you add Minka Fitzpatrick. That's an upgrade. So we have defensive tackle as a downgrade, linebackers and wide receivers as a wash, and everything else is an upgrade. So how in the fuck is this team not better than what it was a year ago? You also take away the idea of the hurricane having no bye week, 16 consecutive games. Obviously, the coaching staff all fa- falls under Adam Gaze's umbrella, but you don't have that nonsense anymore. A coach doing cocaine and making stripper videos, a guy that clearly needed some help, and hopefully he got that help. So many issues went into this team last year that are not there this year, and that's why this team is going to be so much better than what it was a year ago. All right, guys, we have one more segment to get to on the show here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, at Wingfield NFL, at Locked On Fins. And this is a bit of a shorter show for you guys today, a Thursday show, August the 23rd. Not a whole lot of content for you, getting you caught up on practices from Wednesday as well as a little bit on Thursday, but there really wasn't a lot to report on on this day. No serious roster movement, the same injuries poking their heads through the sand like they have been the last couple of weeks. But I talked about this in the open of the show, but I do I do suspect you'll see more purpose on Saturday night in the Miami Dolphins offense and defense. A little more urgency, a little more practicality in terms of what you might see in the season. But once again, like I said, it's not going to be the exact blueprint for what you get come September. That all remains top secret for the Dolphins. I do like that the Ravens offer some strengths in this game that could test what the Dolphins are in terms of their weaknesses. And that's a positive to find out who the Dolphins might be. Talk about like Brandon Williams on the nose tackle against this interior offensive line. Can Dan Kilgore hold up against him? Because Brandon Williams wrecked the Colts interior offensive line that has Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson, two guys that are supposed to be stalwarts for that Colts offensive line. But again, the preview pod will be out tomorrow talking about Ravens and Dolphins, everything you guys want to know, as well as the article breaking down that game, top matchups, projected snap counts, 
announce everything from that game. Like I said, you guys want to know. We'll have a recap podcast on Sunday morning, very early Sunday morning. That will be out for you guys. I'm going to talk to Ian Wharton on Sunday evening and do our season preview episode together with him. That'll probably be a two-parter, an extended episode for you guys of Locked On Dolphins podcast. I've also got new Miami Dolphins beat writer from ESPN.com, Cameron Wolf, lined up. I'm not sure when that podcast will air, but we're planning on doing it here very soon. And last but not least for me, my softball championship is tonight. I'm recording this podcast and then taking off for the day on Wednesday here. And by the time I talk to you guys next, I will either be the Buffalo Bills, four consecutive championship losses, or I will have a championship trophy in my back pocket ready to roll home with me. And I'm very excited to get out there and play some ball with the boys. Last game of the year, and then we're all into football season. But that will do it for us here on the Thursday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL. The show is at Locked On Fins. And keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for the preview edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Oh,